and welcome back to the Morning Moxie Show. I'm Alicia Sharp, your host, and today and tomorrow, I had the privilege of interviewing an old friend of mine who was actually a student in our ministry when Chris and I were doing campus ministry at NC State, and she has since written a book um, about Hannah. It's a 14-day devotional, and so I'm going to be interviewing her the next few days, actually two days, and her book is called Taking Your Dreams to God a 14-day devotional through the life of Hannah. So we're going to talk about in our interview here just what it is to basically what her book's about. Also, how Hannah cried out to God in the different aspects of that, that her relationship with God and just her struggling with um, crying out for children and then what she did with that child after she received it. It's very powerful. So I encourage you to listen to this, encourage you to check out Sonia's book. Um, it is at Amazon, and I'll have you all the details in the show notes for you. So I hope you enjoy the interview with Sonia Turner. So you've obviously done quite a bit of studying on Hannah. What, yeah. what about Hannah then resonates with you? Um, like, uh, you know, I don't know what dreams you're talking about when you're talking about giving your dreams to God, but what, you know, what about Hannah and her dreams resonates with you and yours? Yeah. So, um, Hannah, so we're introduced uh, to Hannah very interestingly, the first couple of verses of her story identify that it, it sets the stage for who Hannah is, uh, who, who she is in her family. And we are introduced to Hannah within the context of barrenness that she's barren. It's within the first couple of verses. Um, it says Penina, the rival wife had children, but Hannah had none. Mm-hmm. And, from that first verse, um, what really has resonated with me with her story is just like this this sense of shame tied to um, not ch- achieving or seeing something in your life that is so near and dear. And so for Hannah, she was framed within uh, bareness of or not being able to have children. For me in my life, it's been being a single woman desiring marriage and mm-hmm. that having not happened yet. And so there's this, this interesting um, shame that our culture, uh, even, you know, today with, you know, all the the ways we feel very advanced and (laughs) progressive, I guess, like there is still a very real shaming on those two areas, especially for women, the ability to get married or marriage and children. And so for me, that just really resonated with me. It, it Just the Holy Spirit helped me, I guess, make that connection of, wow, like she's walking through this and, and it was just so relatable to me. Um, right. Just that, that area of shame um, as a woman and, and walking through that. Right. So, so since you've been studying Hannah, obviously, and obviously other scriptures as well, mm-hmm. um, and you've taken your dreams to God how do you, do you feel like you're in a place um, where you trust God with that dream now? Like, or, you know, cause a lot of people want to hold on and try to make it happen themselves and they do everything that, you know what I mean? Like, um, 
So mm-hmm. do you feel like, I know that I've, I'm, I tend to be that way. If you, if yeah. you can find a way to make it happen, you will, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I don't know. So what, what about you? Like, do you feel like you're in a good place with that dream now? Yeah. You know, uh, I would say it's a dance. Uh, uh-huh. It's a, <laughs> it's a, um, I mean, it's a relationship. It's a walk with the Lord. Some days I feel like, yes, God, I trust you completely. Like I'm just, you know, resting in the arms of the father on this. And then other days I feel like, no, I have this. I'm going to, God, I don't know what you're doing. I've got this. I'm going to take this and run with it. And so I, I like to believe that I have more days of trusting in God than I do where I'm clinging and holding on to it, but it's still a struggle and it's still a, a daily choice of God. I choose to trust you in this area, um, especially in in the face of, uh, uh, again, sort of my specific journey as a single woman and believing for marriage when different um, dating opportunities present themselves. And it's just like, okay, God, I trust you, but actually I'm going to try to manipulate the situation uh-huh. to, to work so that the outcome is marriage. And, and I mean, so many people do that with their dream, whether it's a, a business or, yeah. you know, like that's just that tendency. But for me, it's like, okay, I got to trust you. <laughs> and sometimes I might go a little while where I didn't realize that I was holding on to it. And then I have a moment where the Lord says, yeah, you need to release that. And then it's like, oh, okay, I trust you. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've noticed in the past um, and through just a lot of different stories that the more that we hold on to things, it's like we, it, it literally doesn't, it keeps God from moving in that situation. If that makes sense. I don't know if there's this story, um, Catherine Marshall, I believe it is the prayer of relinquishment. And she talks about how she prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for God to heal her of this disease. And, and, and she, cause she knew that it was God's will for her to be healed. She knows that the word says, you know, it's Jesus went around healing. Basically it's God's will for her to be healed. She knew that she prayed and prayed and prayed and nothing. And finally she said, I give up God. If you want me to be an invalid for the rest of my life and so be it. And she just let it go. Even that doesn't mean she didn't still believe that God's truth was um, for her to be healed. And so literally she let it go. And then a few days later, everything was better. Like she was healed because, and and it's, it's like my story too. I think, you know, I shared that earlier with you before um, we started. And I held on to this dream of having kids for so long. I spoke the word. I held on, held on, held on. I did everything I could. I took medicine. And then God said, stop taking the medicine. I was like, but God, I know it's working, you know? And um, so I did. And then I let go. And Psalm 37, four, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Let go. And then literally two months later, I had that positive pregnancy test that I cried so much over, like before all the negative one-liners, but so it's something about that, just releasing it, you know? So what, why do you think it's in your experience, you know, why do you think it's so difficult for us to give these dreams to God, to let them go like that? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's this false sense of control we feel we have. Mm-hmm. That if, if I have a say, if I, if I, if I work hard enough, if I do enough, then that means I will get the outcome I deserve. And uh-huh. I think that interestingly is just anti the gospel, right? Like the gospel is that we can't do enough. <laughs> right. right. Like, 
like there's, we can't do enough. Like that's why we need a savior. And so for us to think that the dreams that God put in our hearts require us to work as hard as we can to bring them about doesn't necessarily align with, um, what I've learned and, and what I believe scripture tells us the nature of God, like he, he's a good father. He desires to bless us and lavish us with these gifts. And, and I think us like working and trying to keep control and hold on to those things is us in a way saying, God, I don't believe that you're good and that you'll actually just give this to me. I need to right. work for it to like deserve it. And right. That's so true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's something I struggle with is, feeling like I need to work hard to make this happen. And, you know, the reality of, wait, God actually wants to give me this desire freely in his yeah. good timing. Yeah. And, you know, like I, I want to partner with him and the Holy spirit, but it's not contingent upon how hard I work or how hard I try. Like that's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's, that is definitely um, something that's, it's so challenging to know the balance because we do have a part to play. Yeah. We do have to partner with the Holy spirit. We do have action, you know, faith without works is dead. We do have our part to play. And so it's like, how far is my part God? And how far is your, you know, I guess it's when you start feeling that um, lack of peace on the inside, when you start feeling the weight of whatever it is that you're doing fall on you instead of putting it on, on the Lord, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, I think it's sort of this idea of if your dream uh, falls apart or won't come to pass, if you don't do the work, uh-huh. then it's like, okay, you've put too much pressure on yourself. Like if right. your dream is small enough or attainable <laughs> right. your own works, then it's sort of like, man, well, I guess I'm dreaming too small. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. So what it like in a nutshell, um, what is the book about? Is it a devotional? Is it like, um, you know, going through the story of Hannah, you picking it up, you know, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a devotional. Um, so it, uh, my goal in creating it was to, um, provide a resource that women could do in the morning or the evening, probably just five minutes, five to 10 mm-hmm. minutes. Um, and it, it, takes, it goes pretty much um, somewhat verse by verse, not exactly, um, through Hannah's story. And then it, uh, then there's sort of the devotional expands upon the truth within that uh, particular scripture. So for example, the first day, just, it looks at the first two verses and just uh, pulls out um, just the truth of God. Um, That first day, uh, the truth that I felt the Lord gave me was around that topic of shame. Uh-huh. And how oftentimes culture will try to define us and, and the enemy, uh, Satan, will define us by shame, but God defines us by who we are in him. And so that's essentially how the entire devotional goes is uh, verse by verse, pulling out the truths of God along the way. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so you, you talk about shame a lot. And mm-hmm. so I was wondering when you feel like you're, when you feel ashamed or when you feel like the devil's trying to accuse, I've re, you know, the devil's the accuser, what do you do or what are, what might be some tips that we can help other people um, overcome shame or not be, I guess it's not dwell on shame. You know, how do, how do you literally, how do you overcome something like that? Cause shame is a huge, 
huge thing. And it keeps people from pursuing their dreams. It keeps people from knowing who they are in Christ, you know? And so what, what is something that you've learned maybe through Hannah's story to where to overcome shame or to not just deal with it, but to literally kick it to the curb if you, you know, right. Well, what I find interesting, just looking at Hannah's story is that those first verses, you see Hannah just really wrestling with the fact that she's not able to have children and, and the, the scripture is very clear. I love how the story is very clear to say, um, she's like crying, like every year they go uh, to Shiloh, the temple to offer sacrifices to the Lord. And, and during that time of sacrifice, her husband gives uh, her, the other wife, Penina uh, portions for her and her children and gives Hannah a double portion. But Hannah, one, the other wife is teasing Hannah because she doesn't have children. And so just insult to injury. And you see this journey of Hannah at first crying and um, like bottling in her shame. Like she, the scripture says, like she refuses to eat. She's crying before her husband. But at some point, uh, scripture says she stands up and then she goes to the Lord and she prays. She cries out to God. And I think that's how we deal with shame is that at some point it, it's shame is something that the enemy uses, I feel, to keep us isolated and like crying to ourselves and and maybe to others about what we're wrestling with. But I feel the true um way to really walk through shame and, and really receive healing is we have to go to the Lord. Like we have to, um, we have to cry out to him and we have to, as we cry out to him, um, I believe, uh, we have to replace those thoughts of shame with the word of God. Mm -hmm. And I know personally right now, a passage of scripture I've been meditating on is Philippians four, eight, where it talks, about whatever's true, you know, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable. Like, um, these are the things that you need to think on. Uh, And, and I think shame, I mean, it's, it's big and it takes time. And, um, but we, I feel from Hannah's story, you just see that, oh, you have to go to God with this. He's the only one big enough to tackle it. That was an interview with Sonia Turner, and you can find out more information about her at her website, which is sonyaturner.com. You can also find the full interview on my YouTube page, which is Alicia V. Sharp, if you head over to YouTube and check it out. I'll also have a link in the show notes below, as well as a link to Sonia's book from amazon.com. So I hope that you go check that out. Support her, support everything she's doing. She loves the Lord and just has a desire to please him. So I hope that you have a fabulous day today. Again, go check her at her website, get her book, and I will see you again tomorrow. And remember to always live your 320 life because your life can be more than you can ever imagine in Christ. God bless you.